Welcome everyone to Seek Go Create. This is Tim Winders and it's just me on the mic today. And I tell you what, I'm just going to dive right in. No intros, nothing like that. We are going to be talking about leadership. And this is a, um, you know, it's kind of like one of our foundational items that we talk about. We have leadership, business, and ministry. And I've really been, (laughs) I don't even know what the word is, agitated, aggravated, uh, bothered, grieving with all of the things that I've been observing in leadership lately. And I'm so thankful that I waited a few weeks before I actually hit record and did this episode because I think it would have been more of a rant and I would have talked about certain people that I probably shouldn't have. And anyway, it wouldn't have been good. So I'm hopefully in a better place to discuss this. Now, let me kind of tell you what we're going to be doing on this episode. I'm going to be doing as best we can to define what leadership is and possibly identify some of the issues with what what we call leadership in the current culture that we're in. And uh, I'll talk more about that in just a moment. And so I sort of see this episode kind of going like this, uh, a few intro items, a few discussions as we get started, kind of stating the problem, what's going on, what the issues are. And then, and then I want to get into some of the responses I got on some of our social channels. I've got probably, I don't know, 30, 35 answers to the define leadership or what is leadership. And so I'm going to be going to LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, another Facebook channel we've got just so that we could gather some of those. And then we're going to kind of finish up with what I believe currently my mindset, my belief is around leadership and what we could attempt to do for those that are in leadership positions, which I think it's everyone, by the way, what we can attempt to do to be as positive, as effective of a leader as we possibly can be. And I just want to say right up front that it's tough. It's tough with all that is going on. So what I want to do is start off and say that basically this topic started with just me being ticked off and disappointed as I looked over the horizon and saw so many leaders that were falling, had failed, uh, you know, they had lost a lot of them in ministry. I'll be up front. Uh, I just get really disappointed when someone is representing Christ and yet they behave and do things in the way they do. Um, but I try to give grace there because I think we all make mistakes. And just because someone's in that arena versus a corporate arena or a organizational arena, that's not, uh, representing Christ. Maybe it's similar things, but it just kind of ticked me off. I mean, truthfully, just made me mad. And I wanted to kind of call a lot of that out. Again, like I said earlier, I've kind of calmed down a little bit, kind of caught my breath. And I was just disappointed in all that I was seeing. Our politicians, we don't even want to go there. They're all a hot mess. There's really very few places we can look at in the political arena and find a good example of leadership. I think the biggest reason there is we can't trust anything we see or hear. We hear things, but we don't believe them. And that's on either side of the aisle. If you're in the America, American political system, it's not one or the other. I know some of you might say, well, this party, they tell the truth and the other one doesn't. No, they both uh, are hypocrites. They stand up and say something and then do something different, which is how I define hypocrite. So, um, so I was just disappointed 
I was actually going to title this instead of what is leadership. I was going to title it the curse of leadership and just talk about how being a leader is so difficult and challenging. But as I was working on this, I actually got an email that I wanted to read some of it with you that uh, came from someone. He's a minister. He's by the name of Chip Brogdon, and we'll include a link to, uh, to his stuff down in the, uh, in the uh, notes for this episode. But I read a lot of his stuff, and he's kind of one of these guys. He was a pastor at one point and kind of got a little bit challenged with the organized religion, not with his relationship with God, with organized religion. I could relate to that. Some of you may be able to do that also. And he is kind of a guy that just talks about uh, what it's like to have a relationship with God, but not necessarily having to go through churches and religion to get to it. So he said something that said it as well as I could as we get started here. He said in an article recently, and I don't know the date of it, but um, we'll try to uh, link to it. It's uh, an article on his website, Spiritual Leadership, Who Needs It? And kind of the way I was thinking recently when I started thinking about this. And um and he, and he basically says, all around us, I'm going to read this from him, so I'm quoting him here. All around us, institutions are failing and losing influence. Governments are in turmoil. Our schools are a mess. The institutional church is compromised and has lost its moral and spiritual authority. Our communities are in crisis. Marriage is being redefined. And the biblical idea of family is becoming more and more of a rarity. I'm going to read just a little bit more here. As people lose faith in these institutions and the people who lead them, they are tempted to dismiss the idea of leadership altogether, particularly when the only leadership they have ever experienced has been an autocratic, dictatorial kind of leadership. When it comes to spiritual leadership, this causes many believers to say, who needs leaders? We all have the Holy Spirit. Let's just be led of the Lord. And he kind of goes on in this article to talk more about it. But I want to just say that's kind of where I was. And at the same time I was reading this and studying for this episode, I also have been doing a read through the Bible. And, you know, you can kind of go through leaders in the Old Testament when you're early on and you look at Abraham and then you kind of go through some some leaders there. And then we, we get to Moses, who obviously was a great leader, but, uh, you know, he wasn't able to enter into the promised land because he failed a few times. And then there's Joshua, who was considered a great leader. But right after Joshua, they entered the, the, uh, the, um, the promised land, the nation of Israel that they had been promised. All of a sudden, we get to the book of Judges, which is just a horrible example of leadership and the way that people respond to leaders. And then that leads us up into Samuel, which is where I'm actually reading right now. And we get the whole leadership example of Saul and David that I'll talk about as we wrap up. But in Judges, basically the people had been given what they were promised, but they couldn't handle it. And they kept uh, they kept falling and having issues. And it was kind of like this cycle of they kind of went away from God. God brought a judge that was extremely flawed that would jolt them back into a relationship with God. And then a few years later, they would just go through the cycle again. And so it's very similar to what we see today, that we are, as a people, as a culture, we typically have a leaning towards going away from God, and then something happens, uh, 9-11, pandemic, things like that, that kind of has a reawakening of our spiritual conscience, and it drives people back to the Father, which is where we all should be anyway. 
But uh, but anyway, so we go through Judges, and then we get to this situation. I want to read this kind of as we start here. We get to a situation in Samuel where um, the prophet Samuel has been uh, has, has been judging the nation of Israel, and the people pretty much are looking at Samuel. He's getting old. He's got no heirs, and they basically beg Samuel to give them a king, or we'll use the word leader. And and while that sounds great, and it's and it's what they really were wanting, you know what? It's not what God wanted. And I want to share some scripture here to kind of to kind of show that as uh, as we as we kind of get started here, because I believe that often what we're doing with leadership is we're trying to do something like the nation of Israel was doing in the book of Samuel. We're begging for something that is not the perfect will of God. It's God's permissive will. And what I mean by that is God has his perfect will. That would be the ultimate. It's what he wants. And then he's got his permissive will, which is when the people ask certain things, he says, okay, let's give that a try. And so in Samuel, the people basically come. Uh, it says all the elder, all the, this is in Samuel 8, 1 Samuel 8, verse um, 5. Wait, I'm sorry, verse 4. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel in Ramah. And said to him, look, you're old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the other nations. We want to be like all the other people. We want to be like all the countries and nations around us. We want a king. Give us a king. So here's what the Lord responded. Um, But in verse 6, it says, but the thing displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. So Samuel prayed to the Lord. And here's what the Lord said to Samuel in verse 7. Heed the voice of the people in all they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. So this is what I'm taking for that. God really wanted his people and those of us that are followers of Christ to go directly to him for leadership, for guidance, for wisdom, but yet... Many times we desire someone that actually is a go-between. And I believe that what we're doing is we're putting people. I use the example here. We're using men most of the time. It seems like more men have issues with their egos and being placed in situations where they're idolized than women. But I hate to hate it. That sounds a little sexist here, but it seems to be more men that once we say to them, be the person that stands up in front and talks to us every week and encourages us. Be the person that leads us, that we are putting them in a situation that is automatically, almost every time, going to cause failure and challenge, especially because as humans, we're just, it's just challenging to be equipped that way. Now, I do want to make reference. Back in season three of Seek, Go, Create, I actually did, a, I think, nine episodes in season three called The Ultimate Leader. And I was attempting at that time to unpack a lot of this. I was doing a lot of practical things. I was talking about a lot of things that I'd seen coming out of positions that we were in. And, 
I, you know, I, I've kind of shared this before. We were in a Bible school setting, and there were some really good people there. But, boy, I saw some examples of horrible leadership and, uh, and just some things that really grieved me because there were just some abuses and things going on. Nothing that would cons- be considered heinous, like sexual or anything that I was aware of, but just things that weren't Christ-like. And, and that's what really bothers me in, in many situations here is that we are in a situation that people are, are challenged to do things like decide between uh, building an organization that makes sure it pays everybody and takes care of mortgages and things like that versus truly and purely showing love and the Christ-like nature to other people people and the fruits of the spirit to other people. And so I think that's what's really been bothering me is that I just don't see as many examples of that as I believe that we should in the world that we're in today. And so the example that we've got goes back to, you know, a thousand uh, plus BC going back to the nation of Israel. And so I first of all want to put the responsibility on us as people that attempt to have leaders that we expect more out of them than probably we should. And let's just be upfront in a lot of company settings and a lot of, um, in a lot of settings out in the world system, political system. And then of course, in this, in the ministry situations, we really make idols out of leaders. And when someone becomes an idol, then I think we're heading for some type of a failure or a challenge. So, First of all, that's on us. So we need to be cautious about that. Um, So I want us to say, are we asking too much? Are we trying to get too much out of our leaders? Are we giving them too much power and too much credit? Are we really saying, you know what? Um, We really want more out of our leaders than we should get for them. What is our responsibility? What is our doing just like the nation of Israel when we go to the Lord and say, we want a leader that can guide us when the Lord is saying, I want a relationship with you. And if there's people put in authority and leadership, yes, we, we operate within that, within that structure and system like we need to, but he wants relationship with us individually. And then, and then, like I said earlier, we're making, we're making them idols that we should not be. We're just putting them in a position that just makes it difficult and egos get involved and money gets involved and greed and power and just all of those things that are very difficult. So before I get too far too far into this, what I'd love to do though is jump to some of the comments uh, that we had from people so that we can kind of see what everyone else thinks about this. And then I'm going to kind of wrap up with some thoughts about what I did to define leadership back in season three where we talked about the ultimate leader and just went through a lot of things there. But, uh, but we're going to start off with going through a number of responses that, uh, that we got. And I loved all these. Let's go to LinkedIn first. It's where all the business people hang out. And uh, let's look at what some folks said about leadership. And again, the question was pretty simple. It was leadership is blank. Give a word or sentence to fill in the blank. And I let people know that they may be included in future podcast episode. I just want to say this first one is from John Gibson. He is a leader extraordinaire that chimed in here on LinkedIn. And it's a, it's a little bit more than a short sentence. So he says, leadership is the ability to take people where they could not or would not go on their own. 
It's been a long time since, oh, I'm sorry, this is a personal message. He says, it's been a long time since we connected, Tim. Let's get together. So leadership is the ability to take people where they could not or would not go on their own. Thank you for that, John. And uh, I agree with that. And then uh, Shivang Singh uh, chimed in, and this is such a sweet response to what leadership is. Leadership is making sure the team is well. And, you know, in the world we're in today, there's there's the position of leader that we've we've defined as a pastor that is basically a shepherd, if you look at the translation in the Bible. And to me, someone who is a shepherd, someone who takes care of the sheep, does exactly what Shivong says, makes sure that the individuals or that the team is well. Thank you for that, Shivong. So those were a few that came in on LinkedIn. Let me jump to Facebook, which is on my personal page is where I get the most responses. I guess I've been there longer and there's just a lot of people that respond. Mark Salazin says leadership is realistic optimism. And uh, I actually asked him to clarify that a little bit more. And, uh, and he says, um, unfortunately, I'm cautiously optimistic. So that makes me a design engineer destined to lead a small team. I don't know that I totally agree with that, but he actually was combining a few words that I think are very important, which is being real, but also being optimistic. I think that definitely fits in leadership. So that's good. Adam Phillips has a military background and he and I spent some time together in Bible school says leadership is uncompromising expectation that explicit explicit standards and principles will be upheld and grace when those you're leading inevitably fail. So he's given both ends of the spectrum. You set high standards, but you're prepared for when people fail and you give them grace. Thanks for, thanks, thank, thanks for that, Adam. Tommy Manfredi says, is done best, leadership is done best by example. And I actually followed up with Tommy. I said, give me some names of good leaders. Here's a list he gave. Jesus, Mandela, Gandhi, Mother Teresa, Michael Jordan, interesting, Tom Brady, Churchill, Lincoln, MLK, Washington. Mostly I've always found it's a lot easier getting someone to do the task you are asking them to do if they see you aren't above doing it yourself, like Jesus washing the feet. And then Tommy added one more in. He said Elon Musk, which a uh, very unique leader in the world we're in today. Don Dunlap just gave one word. Leadership is principle. Principle. Scott Loker, leadership is followed. And many people will define leadership like that. It's looking around and seeing that people are following you. So that's how he defined leadership. Paul Ibarra said leadership is submission. And I, I, know, I know Paul's got a lot of wisdom here. So I followed up and I said, submission to question mark. And he said, submission to the Lord and submitting your flesh and your mindset. We're going to come back to that later. So uh, good answer there, Paul. Thank you for that. Rebecca Hamilton, leadership is divinely given and it is apparent. So I guess she means it's not hidden. Mary Soulsby said, leadership is influence. Um, Morgan Hill, thanks for chiming in, Morgan. It's great to see you here. Uh, she definitely would be in the younger generation because she is actually the uh, grown child of some good friends of ours. So, and she's a great leader uh, in herself, uh, all in herself. But Morgan said, leadership is selfless. Leadership is selfless. Thanks for that, Morgan. Diane Russell says, leadership is the ability to lead oneself in the pursuit of excellence 
and one's purpose and inspire others to follow doing the same. The ability to lead oneself in the pursuit of excellence. That's a great response. Thanks for that, Diane. Melanie Oaks Moser says, leadership is loving people to the top. I love inserting the word love. I love inserting the word love into the definition of leadership, Melanie. Good job. And then Darian Russell, who is connected to Diane that just had a response, said leadership is being a servant and being a coach at the same time with good work ethic and good integrity. I had a conversation about integrity or moral compass with someone that we interviewed on the podcast that'll be releasing later this summer, uh, just, uh, just yesterday. He said, it's hard to define it in one word. Darian said that. Rodney West, buddy from high school, says leadership is a full contact endeavor. In other words, it probably can't be done from a distance. You got to get involved is way I, the way I take that definition. Cindy, Cindy Lou Brian Hinton says, you have to have a servant's heart to be a leader. Servant's heart. You have to have a servant's heart. We will come back to that later too when I kind of wrap up. Tom Brewer, the guy I grew up with, man, we were neighbors way back in Pine Forest in Conyers, Georgia. Tom Brewer says, leadership is being humble. I'm thankful that someone brought humility and being humble into this equation. Derek Marchman, a buddy from high school, Derek Marchman, he also works in a lot of leadership circles and, and does a lot of leadership training and all himself. So anything he says, I put a lot of value in it. Derek Marchman says leadership is fluid. And in the world we're in today, I definitely believe that flexibility and being fluid is important. Thank you, Derek. Um, Bill and Brian Weber said leadership is service. Keith Simmerly, buddy from Flat Shoals Elementary Schools, knowing when to follow. Uh, Marie Stewart, she was a gym teacher of mine. Uh, I learned how to do jumping jacks from her, I believe. <laughs> Leadership is sensitive, intelligent motivation skills, guiding others towards success. Towards success. That's really cool. Very good. And then Scott David Bassett said, Leadership is transparent, understanding, and demonstrates Empathy, transparent, understanding, and demonstrates empathy. I think I got them all there. We had a bunch of them there on that Facebook channel. I'm at 28 or 30, I think is what it said. So that is very good there. Let's jump to Instagram, get a few responses there. We had not quite as many there, but leadership is, and this is from Jesse Perez, who was a guest on Seek, Go, Create. I'm trying to think when, but it's been probably a year ago. Um, I think it was actually one of the early episodes in 2021. Leadership is instrumental in change. Leadership is instrumental in change. And uh, I think it's the first time we've had the word change come up. I think Derek mentioned being fluid. And I think those two, those two go together. If you're going to be dealing with change, which we all are, you got to be fluid like Derek brought up. And then leadership is instrumental in change. Thanks for that, Jesse. And then Moni. Uh, who has Moments with Moni podcast. She said, leadership is being the example for those who follow you. Being the example for those who follow you. Thank you for that, Moni. I always appreciate the responses that you give and love when I see what you have to say. So those were a few from Instagram. Then I'm jumping over to Facebook again. And I believe this is our last one. And uh, this is a connection that came in on our Seek Go Create channel, which is where we post these live and a lot of things there. And so Sabrina Hammonds 
gave a great definition. And so I'm, I'm so thankful that this is probably the final one that I'll be giving kind of the wrap up for all the crowdsourcing definitions of leadership. Leadership is leading from a place of service, service to others and service to the kingdom, the kingdom of God. The leaders that I remember the most are those that I felt like we were really on the same team. I felt seen, heard, and understood. They were the type of person that made sure we had the resources we needed to be successful in our work. And Sabrina, I don't think I could have put a better exclamation point on all of these great answers that we got from social media and from input because that says so much and I appreciate your, uh, your wisdom there. So leading from a place of service in that last sentence, they were the type of person that made sure we had the resources we needed to be successful in our work. And listen, I'm gonna pile on here a little bit and add some things to it. You didn't feel used, you didn't feel neglected, you didn't feel abused, you didn't feel like you were just an afterthought, you felt like you were a real person and the leader, the person that was entrusted to oversee the team or the organization, basically led by using the fruits of the spirit that we've talked about before. They were patient, they were loving, they were kind. And, and that to me really emphasizes kind of in my heart right now, the message that I'm trying to get across of what leadership really is and how it bothers me when I see that not being done. And so thank you for all of those responses. And we'll try to, uh, try to make note of everyone so that they can, uh, they can get proper credit. I hope I gave everyone's name and everything okay. But what I want to do here is I want to kind of move into kind of wrapping this up as best I can with how I define leadership currently. And kind of the last thing is, and this is currently, I'm, I'm not actually saying I've got all the answers. Here's what, here's what I believe it is right now in the quiet time I have with the Lord and what I'm seeing in the, in the business that I do and the leaders that I interact with and work with, this is kind of what I'm seeing. And I actually did define this back in that series on the ultimate leader that we talked about uh, with uh, Seek Go Create. But the definition that I have for leadership currently is this, and I'm going to talk briefly about it, and then we will uh, we'll wrap up with a few things. The definition is this, and I actually wrote it out so that I could not butcher it, but, but this is my definition of leadership. A leader is a steward or caretaker or trustee over those people, places, and or things that God has given them. I'm going to repeat that because the thing is very important, and I've put a lot of thought into this. A leader is a steward or caretaker or trustee over those people, places, and or things that God has given them. Let me break some of this down so that, uh, so that it's, it's clear why I stated it this way. The first thing I used was the word steward. And I also kind of used the word caretaker or trustee to basically say, you're not the owner. I think one of the things that messes us up at times is when we get placed in a position where we're over a team or, or we're the head of a company or, or the leader of a family or something like that, we get in our mind that if it is to be, it's up to me. We're in total control. We're the owner of it. And so we've got to do all these things to own it and take care of it. I'm not saying we don't be diligent 
But the more I study, the more the, 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 the more mature I get, I really believe that the, the posture we need to take is that of a steward. We have been gifted for those people that lead a team or an organization or even that you've started a company. I know you started it but treat it as if you were a steward over it, a caretaker, someone who's just been entrusted with it. It just makes the oversight that much, I don't want to say easier, but the mindset is better. And a steward is someone, if you really study it, is someone that they have something for a season and then they have to give it back and they should give it back in a better state than when they received it. I'll give an example of something that it sounds weird, but it's to kind of take people out of the equation. My first car, I've shared this before, was a 74 Vega. I got it in like 1980 and it was not in good shape. Had rust, you know, water poured through the windshield. It was not, not in good shape. But, but I was a leader or a caretaker over that gift. I paid 400 bucks for it. And, and I believe that I needed to be a good steward over that 1974 Vega. It did use more oil than it did gas. That's, you know, there was no mosquitoes around when I drove through your neighborhood because the oil, the white smoke coming out killed everything. But, but I, I fixed it up as best I could, tried to get it painted, kept it clean, and I was a good steward for the year that I had that car. And then I turned around and sold it. And I actually sold it for around $1,000 because I did some fix-up. But I consider myself a leader over that. See, I believe we're leaders over things also. And we need to treat those things like they are gifts. But, uh, but the same thing with a small organization or a company or a team. If you've been blessed with being a leader over a small organization, a team, or a family, or children, then I believe being a steward is returning it or giving it up or resigning from that role or moving from that role and leaving it better than it was when you received it. That means you have got to do certain things along the way to make sure people are taken care of. And like Sabrina said, uh, the type of person that made sure we had the resources we needed to be successful in our work, that was a really cool example there. So that's what a steward or a caretaker or trustee is. And you notice I said people, places, and or things. I believe we have stewardship over our property, over, over places, over things, and of course over people. So, so that's, that's the, the aspect of it's not necessarily just a title in an organization. And then the last thing that I kind of added in there is that God has given them. I believe it's very important that we treat everything as a gift and everything as a gift from God, because if we do, then it's a lot easier to make that connection with being a steward or a caretaker or an overseer. Because if God gives you a gift, I believe you need to take great care of it. And then when God says it's time to move on and do something different, or you've raised your children, they're adults now, then you need to be in a position where you could give them back to the Lord, give them back to God and say, I did my best. I took care of these people, places, or things, and I'm honored that you allowed me to be a steward. Let me give this back to you. So the definition that I have given and used and all that I've been doing of leadership is a leader, is a steward, caretaker, trustee over those people, places, and or things 
that God has given them. I'd love to, I'd love to hear for those that are kind of listening into this or watching it or, or on the social channels or YouTube or anything like that. I'd love to hear your comments about that definition and any of the others we've talked about. You agree, disagree or whatever. I'd love to hear that. But I wanted to wrap up with something because I don't think that's enough. I think that just defining it like all of these folks did today, and, and I'm thankful that they did, and some of them kind of skirted this, but I, I really do believe, in fact, if I think back to Paul's answer that he gave Paula Bear, it might have been the closest to kind of where I've arrived that I want to wrap up this conversation with. And I'm going to go back to the book of Samuel, <laughs> because in First and Second Samuel, we basically see some examples of how God looks at leadership. And we mentioned that the people, the nation of Israel, they said to God, uh, and he said, okay, give them a king. All right, this is Tim's words. Give them a king. He says, according to all this uh, that have done to them in Egypt to this day, with what they have forsaken me and served other gods, so they are doing to you also. Now, therefore, heed their voice. You shall solemnly forewarn them and show them the behavior of the king who will reign over them. In other words, God goes ahead and says that because they want a king so bad, they're about to see how rough it's going to be with this king. And that's what Saul was. Now, let's talk a little bit about Saul. He was tall, he was good looking, and he looked the part. But almost immediately when he was stepped into the role, he failed. Now, later in Samuel we see another king called David. David was the uh, anointed that was going to step in after Saul failed. Now, if you want to look at how we gauge and judge leaders, you could look at both Saul and David and say, they both messed up. Saul messed up and David also messed up. We won't get into it here, but he did some stuff that he should not have done also. But here's the difference. When we compare Saul with David, there is one distinction that comes up in Scripture that, that it appears as if God says, this is what a bad leader is, this is what a good leader is. And it's basically this. David was the man after God's own heart. Saul was doing things on his own. At least when David was messing up, he was leaning towards God and attempting to have relationship with God, seek the Lord, and do things as God would have him do. So to me, I don't want to say it's simple, but we can kind of boil it down to leadership is seeking after God's heart and seeking after what God desires for us to do. It's that personal relationship. It's probably not copying what someone else does. It could be looking at other people to, as a model, but it's probably not looking at someone else and saying, oh, look, I'm going to do exactly what, I'll just use the word Joe did so I don't call anybody out. I'm going to be a leader just like Joe. I'm going to model him. He's my mentor. Yeah, it's good to look at that, but you know what? What does God want you to do? What does he want you to do as far as being a certain type of leader or interact with people or, or do certain things? And, and so as we go through all of this and talk about what is leadership, to me, <laughs> the message really comes down to 
let's be like David. And not the mistakes that David made. I mean, we all are going to make mistakes. All these leaders that I was ranting about earlier, and I didn't call names. I almost did. But listen, the bottom line is we, you, me, leaders, and we're all leaders. We need to be seeking after God's own heart. We need to be like David. Because 3,000 years later, we're still talking about King David and the type leader he was and what he established and, and, and what he was a steward over during the times that he led. So I am hopeful that this has been helpful for you because I know thinking through it, writing down the notes, meditating on it, studying some of the things in Scripture and getting all the input from the folks that gave input, I know it has been helpful for me. So thank you for joining me on this. Uh, one of the things that we're going to do is make sure that you go check out SeekGoCreate.com because we include detailed notes there for this episode. And once again, I want to ask you, I mean, go check out the notes and you can make comments there. But wherever you're checking this out, if it's via podcast or on YouTube or on some of the social channels, because we do put this up live on Facebook, I want to hear your comments. I want to know what you believe leadership is. I want to know if you agree or disagree with some of the things I brought up, because I think this is a work in progress. And the only thing that I've come up with with all of this is to be after God's heart, is to seek after the Lord. And that seems simple, but we also know it can be challenging because most things in this world are trying to prevent us from doing that. So thanks for listening in. I've enjoyed this. Until next time, make sure that you continue being all that God created you to be.